Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs post-game show podcast. One word. Sloppy. Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Corey Friedman. After a 7-3 loss to the Rockies, the Rockies take two out of three in Colorado. That's the Rockies team that is the worst record in the National League. I ask you guys, and I ask you in the chat, the live YouTube chat, best way to enjoy the experience is to follow and subscribe to the CHGO Sports YouTube page so you don't miss any episodes, and then get in the chat and join us. Is this the most disappointing series of the season? That I can like remember off the top of my head for sure. Yeah, I think it's got to be considering where they, where they're at right now. Like the the context yeah. of like they're in a playoff race. Every win matters. They're running out of games. Right? They they, I believe they still have a playoff spot. I haven't looked at the updated standings since. But like they came, you know, they came here. They they're in contention. Like all that, and they go and drop two of three to one of the worst teams in baseball. And you know, Coors is a, is different, right? It's not the average ballpark and. That will always play a factor no matter how bad the Rockies are. But it's just like, I think we talked about it yesterday. You, you can't beat yourself. And it felt yeah. like the Cubs did that again today. Where it was just, it, they weren't outplayed completely by the Rockies. Like the Rockies got some clutch hits, you know, the home runs, whatever. But it also felt like the Cubs made, you know, they made their mistakes in the outfield, obviously. Left too many guys on base. You couldn't get the big hit. And that's that's just the Cubs not doing enough to win the game. And I, that's that's where the disappointment comes from, right? It's just they had their chances. They didn't take advantage. The Rockies did. And now you drop two of three in Colorado going into a, an even bigger series in Arizona where, you know, is also a tougher place to play. It's not it's not that much easier than playing in Colorado. So now you're now you're sitting there where, like, well, you, like you can't lose a series in Arizona now, right? Like, it's the, the race is too tight to be yeah. not being able to take – care of business and now you have to go into Arizona a team that just beat you three out of four at home and you have to do everything possible to win that series now it's that's where that's where that disappointment comes from for this series is just the context of all that and knowing like this felt like a series you couldn't drop for for let me answer myself for a second real quick and then I want to hear what Corey has to say it's when how and why Mm -hmm. when they lost they lost in the heat of a, a playoff race how sloppy garbage baseball yeah. in, in every facet, mm-hmm. whether it was hitting this series, terrible. Whether it was starting pitching, terrible. Whether it was base running, terrible. Right? All, all of it. Fielding, terrible. Why? Oh, God, like, you could go on and on. Like, the re- I just gave you a bunch of the reasons. It was, it was because it was bad. All of it was bad. Yeah. 
You you lost to a team that's 40 games under 500. They're going through the motions. You had basically a home crowd. Cody was there with a bunch of Cubs fans, and they had, he had sprinkled in a few Rockies fans that are playing hooky from work. A team that's given up on the season, basically. And you lose two out of three like this? They're lucky they weren't swept, Corey. They're lucky they weren't swept. They are lucky they aren't. They weren't swept. Jan Gomes on Monday is really the only reason that they weren't swept. Uh, but I think, you know, you guys put it well. Like, part of it is the timing, right? Like, you got outpitched over the weekend by Arizona. Really good games by Gallen and Merrill Kelly. It happens. But then to follow that, right, you lose a series to a team at home that you are fending off for one of those wild card spots. To follow that with this mess this was a mess of a series in Colorado an absolute mess that's where like it it really sort of stings right because you you can handle losing the series to the Diamondbacks they outpitch you it happens right but you needed to respond to that by taking advantage of a bad team on your schedule bad starting pitchers for Colorado and not only did you not do that right you did not score nearly enough runs in any of these games against some awful starting pitchers for the Colorado Rockies and awful relievers, right? Like, we're talking about three runs today in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Right. Just horrible. But as you said, the bigger thing for me is that this was a self-inflicted series. You were dropping balls in the outfield. You were making multiple outs, sometimes in each game, on the base paths, trying to take extra bases, stealing at inopportune times, getting bad reads on balls in the dirt, things like that. Yep. You're dropping fly balls in the outfield. Today, on uh, Wednesday, in the finale here, the Cubs left how many guys on base? 12, or excuse me, 11 guys mm-hmm. left on base today. You had, I think, three opportunities in this game on Wednesday mm-hmm. to bring in a runner from third with less than two outs. They failed three times to do that this was an unacceptable series that the Cubs just played and here here's where it comes for them right they are still currently a playoff team so this is one of those series you have an off day tomorrow and you are playing the team that is directly behind you in these wild card standings on the road this weekend so this series has either got to be a wake-up call because you just gave the Rockies this series one of the worst teams in the league you gave them a series win or it's going to be the wheels off the bus moment. It's going to be yeah. 2019 this, if this you don't. This has got to be a galvanizing moment where the team looks at themselves and says, we just gave that series away in a playoff race. We have got to clean it up. I, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that has been true throughout the year is when this team has lost series, you've generally felt like they've played good baseball, right? Maybe they had a bad start that cost them a game. Maybe uh, a reliever blew a game, et cetera. But you felt like generally this team was playing good baseball. This was garbage baseball from the Chicago Cubs, and it cannot continue once they show up in Arizona on Friday. This week, I don't know how I was able to keep down that spectacular do-right donut you brought for me because this week has made me nauseous as a sports fan in Chicago to watch what the Bears did against the Packers and then to have to watch these games against Colorado. Listen, think about this. 40 games under 500. literally all they had to do in this series was show up and Mm -hmm. play clean baseball. 
nothing spectacular. You had to show up and pitch six innings, give up two runs, and play clean baseball. Field the ball, throw it to first, catch the ball, throw it in, get a couple of key hits. Nothing spectacular. I wasn't looking for grand slams. I wasn't looking for somebody hitting for the cycle. I wasn't looking for four guys to hit home runs in one inning. Clean baseball. Fundamental baseball against the worst team in the National League. All you have to do is show up and play clean ball. They didn't do it in any of the games. That's why I say they were lucky to win one. They didn't do it once. And the last two games, holy Wow. It was at the end, I thought to myself, I know this isn't the case because I know these guys care. But it was almost today as if, as fly balls are dropping, it felt like one of two things. The pressure is getting to them, or guys were looking at, where am I going to go golfing tomorrow in Arizona? That's flat. That's literally how it felt. And I don't want to, I don't want to say that about any player, but I, that is how I felt the last two games because very rarely do you see a game where two fly balls are dropped in the outfield. In Major League Baseball, I know it was sunny and I know the sky's different in Colorado and all of that stuff, but get better sunglasses, use the glove, to, you know, whatever it is, it was sloppy baseball. And well, the base running has just been, yeah. in my eyes, a train wreck for about a month. And we, we said it yesterday, like, at the very least, you know, like the PCA ball, he lost in the sun. These things happen. But, like, on the whole, you were the worst oh, yeah. team oh, in yeah. this series. Yeah. You played, in comparison to the way the Rockies played they today, to especially, you deserved, three. you really deserved to be swept yes. in this series. You know, like, uh, it was Monday. Monday, yeah. Monday, they hit the ball well. They ran into some bad luck, and luckily the comeback kind of bailed them out but you deserve to lose this series and that's what the really frustrating part is like the Rockies you. you know the 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 starter made that one mistake on the Bellinger roller mm-hmm. right that he yeah. tried to field and he slipped but like you were the one getting thrown out on the bases you were the one dropping balls in the outfield you were the one running into outs all series yeah. right and I feel like that it was the eighth inning today was extremely indicative of just where they are. You had the bases loaded, you're down four, you feel like they're making a rally. They didn't get a single damn run across in that inning. Again, you couldn't get a sack fly to just trim the lead. This was a really poorly played series. And I see it in the chat, like, I I don't know exactly what I would be looking for here, whether it's like, you know, some people said a, 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 you know, a closed door meeting or whatever, but this is one of those where like you need some accountability here. And I don't mean that to say that, oh, Ross has to go bench guys or call guys out in public, but this was sloppy bullshit all series from this team. You have a couple weeks left. You're in the playoffs right now. You need to clean it up. This type of series cannot happen. If you get beat like you did over the weekend, Zach Allen is a a Cy Young contender. He's been one of the best pitchers in the league for a few years. You get beat, you get beat. It happens. But the way that they lost this series is completely unacceptable. I don't know what that means for David Ross, but we cannot see another game like this. You cannot see another game where we are sitting here counting. Here's all the walks. Here's all the free passes they gave. Here's all the outs they gave away for free on the bases. They're dropping balls. They can't execute situationally. 
this was this was a really really bad series. I don't think there's mm-hmm. like I I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, and it's one of those weird things because you do want to balance again to keep saying it. They are currently a playoff team, yeah. right? If they have a good series in Arizona here, they're going to have a comfortable spot in the wild card. So you don't want to like overreact because there is still season left. You have an off day tomorrow, and they need to flip it around. But that it is just that. They need to, like, stop this right now and at, yeah. at the very least play clean, solid, tight baseball this weekend in Arizona because this was an absolute joke. Travel yeah. ban on Cody to Colorado from now on. <laughs> uh, so resetting Cody's the, in the chat. Resetting so. the standings after today's game. Cubs are four and a half back of the Brewers in the division. Two back of Philly for the first wild card spot and still uh, a, game, a game and a half ahead of Arizona for that third wild who who's in that third wild card spot um so i think if i'm doing the math right they will they will go to arizona still in that second wild card spot so like we've, we've seen this team be a resilient bunch and able to kind of respond to the adversity we've seen it throughout the season they've done it obviously again we're going to go back to like they were 10 games below 500 at one point and played themselves all the way back in um so the season's not over like sky's not falling yet but like as you're saying like this there's not a lot of season left, and if you keep if you have too if you if you have too many of these kind of series uh, down the stretch, like that that could be your the the death knell yeah. right there. Like it's you have to absolutely turn it around going into this next series in Arizona because that's a team that's chasing you. And there's teams like the Reds only a game behind them, Miami's only a game and a half behind them right now. So you have like very little margin for error. Like this this series took up a lot of that margin for error that you have left in the season by by dropping it in Colorado especially in the division that's what I'm saying so yeah. you have like very little margin for error left just just the context again of the of the playoff race and where you're at and and, and your slimmer leads that uh, than they were you know even last week right so yeah I, I think that's where it comes down to it, is you have it to has to be one of those I, like the the sky is not falling but you need to treat this as sort of an alarm bell yeah right like the, you need to treat this as this cannot continue, mm-hmm. right? Like we know that some of these guys are gassed. The bullpen is very taxed. Guys are hurt. But, you know, welcome to a playoff race, right? Like most of these teams are dealing with this type of stuff. The Dodgers are going to be starting you at this point <laughs> with how many injuries they're dealing with in their rotation. So like this this type of stuff happens to every team. But like I, I wouldn't be looking at this as a sky is falling moment, but it, again, as Pat Hughes always says, this feels like a turning point. You either treat this as kind of a wake up call of, hey, we've got a couple weeks left. We got to grind this out and play good baseball at the very least, or it, it can go the other way. But I, I, I want to highlight this too, because there was a lot of sloppiness uh, in this series. But I think what really frustrates me is you look at the ERAs of the starters in this series for the Colorado Rockies. Uh, Kyle Freeland, after the start, 5.07. Chris Flexen, after the start, 7.2. Mm-hmm. Ty Black, after the start, 4.64. In this series, the Cubs scored a grand total of five, four, and three runs. That is absolutely not good enough. That that's the, the sloppiness is one thing, but these are not good starting pitchers in the best hitters park in the league and you scored five four and three runs that is not good enough it was not a good enough offensive effort from this team in this series 
I see Aram and some people in the chat saying, you know, who's, who's going to be positive? Let's stay positive. We said it, they're in the playoffs. They're, they're in the playoffs, but this is a bad stretch. There's no way to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to sit up here and lie and say that was, a, that was a great series. They played great baseball. I'm not going to sit up here and say it's not concerning because it is concerning. Yeah. If you zoom out, they're 7-7 seven and seven in September. Okay, they're a 500 baseball team, but they're a 500 baseball team that hasn't that's a good. win or a loss away from potentially making the playoffs or missing the playoffs. And that 7-7 seven and seven was just 2-5 and five against Arizona and the Rockies. Right. Like, you have to win. the When the opportunity is there, yep. they had that stretch where I said, oh, boy, they better win that stretch before they play the Brewers. That wasn't good enough, okay? This hasn't been good enough if you want to make the postseason. Yep. And I know the players think it too. I have seen a lot in the chat people saying, Ian Happ needs a day off. Ian Hat. Ian Happ can still be dangerous. Ian Happ DFA. <laughs> like <laughs> some of those are funny, some of those are unrealistic, some of those are true. Like, do you think Ian Happ needs a day off? Well, or, I, 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 I keep I, seeing that Happ needs the Saya treatment, which means three to four games off. I don't no. know if they can afford that. It is it is far too late for that. It's far far too late in the season to sit who's supposed to be one of your best players. I like the he was two for four today, but he had that obviously the error right. that kept that he, fifth inning alive, and then he had the the slide almost yeah, taking out Dansby, the, which yeah. didn't happen, and it was Brendan great, would have been also, in jail oh, had he touched Brent, Dansby Swanson. Yeah. <laughs> so like he had those two misplays in the outfield that obviously did not look good, and and he has to be better doing that. But we're also like we got 15 games left in the Cubs season; they cannot afford to just be sitting Ian Happ three to four games. Like, he just needs to be better, right? Yeah, like no, as this easy, is on the players. As easy as that, or as simple as that sounds, right? Like, they have to be better, right? Of course they have to be better, and that's just, like, that is the simplest explanation. Well, they, who are you playing every they day? They have to in, perform, instead, right? You know what right. I mean? Like, like, I, I they, mean, like David Ross makes his DCA. mistakes for sure. David Canario. Ross. He, David Ross makes his mistakes for sure, but there's also like the players got to play. Yeah. The players got to be got to perform. We're talking about it today, man. They left 11 guys on base today. Yeah, like that's and especially in that last inning uh, when they when they loaded the bases. Like Mike talked, I, I was going through the numbers. Your best three as far as WRC plus in high leverage situations. Jan Gomes is number one going into today. Number one at 183. Mike Talkman at 164 is second, and Morrell at 157 is third. Those are your so far this season, your top three performing guys in what Fangraphs considers high leverage situations. And you had Talkman go up, have a really great at bat. He walks. Jan Gomes, who, like, when they pinch at PCA, we were all sitting there like, it's yeah, the this right is move. the move. This is the right move for sure. This is the guy that two days ago came through for them to, to help get that win. Um, he doesn't get it done, doesn't hit it far enough. You know, maybe it gets a different center fielder, say it tags up. That guy that the Rockies have on center field, that Brenton Doyle, like, he's. He's like I, I look at the numbers. He is leading. He's probably going to win the Gold Glove for the National League. Like he, he definitely should be a finalist. And then we have Morrell, who you know had I think he doubled earlier in the game. But like he's double to start the game. He's had a lot of great moments in the high leverage. We talked, you know, yesterday the whole leadoff thing. He struck out four times. Like that's that's a different issue in that scenario. Like he's had a lot of big hits, a lot of big moments for the team but then you know he swings at the first pitch and flies out and that's it but like those are I guess if, if you're gonna, having three guys up in that situation like those as far as what the numbers say those are what the, the Cubs might want up in that situation and they just didn't get yeah. it done so it's again it's like it's like the players have to perform as well too they didn't do it well enough 
the series and, and you see the outcome of it. Yeah. No, and, and I, I, I saw uh, Aram's response, you know, kind of about, of course, it wasn't good enough. These stretches happen. Of course, we yeah. acknowledge that. But again, this series was not just sort of a, oh, you know, you got beat stretch. They played awful. These were yeah. self-inflicted wounds that you lost this series. That's what we're saying has got to get cleaned up. But again, this is one of those things. That's, that's what we're calling for. This has got to be a sort of galvanizing moment for this team. Take your off day, get your bullpen reset, get everybody a day off, get some rest, and you have got to show mm-hmm. up in Arizona and at a minimum play a better brand of baseball. That's it. Just do not go out there and beat yourselves. Catch the ball. Don't get thrown out trying to take an extra base every three innings. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that you have to clean up. That's not just, oh, you know, this type of stuff happens. It's the type of stuff that can happen, you know? And we and I said the 7-7 seven and seven in September, okay, 500 baseball, but it was against the Reds, Giants, Diamondbacks, and Rockies. You weren't playing the Braves. If you'd played the Braves and the Dodgers and – Milwaukee and the Diamondbacks or something. I say 500. Oh, wow, that's great. But you have to, you have to look at it for what it is. They just lost two out of three to the Rockies. The Diamondbacks are a better team, but they're the Cubs are ahead of the Diamondbacks right now. Yeah. So they shouldn't be losing three out of four at home, no matter who's pitching. Yeah. Also, like I, everybody's everybody's different. You know, you all in the chat and everybody watching this team mm-hmm. has lived through different things, yeah. but. I'll just throw out there, like, I, I said on the show yesterday, my kind of formative years as a Cubs fan were 2003, right? Yep. So as a young man, one of the first things I remember about being a diehard Cubs fan is the 2004 Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. So if you want me to calm down when they blow a series to Colorado the way that they did in the middle of a playoff race, my answer is that I will not. I was scarred from a young age watching a team that should have been making the playoffs blow games to really bad teams and then miss the playoffs. So that is why this series sort of stings, and I'm sure it stings a lot of you guys for different reasons throughout your Cubs career. But it's like I said, it's one of those that sort of starts those alarm bells like, yo, you have got to take this as a as a learning moment, a turning point and play better baseball. Yeah, because you are currently in the playoffs, and there's a few weeks left. Yeah. You just have to grind this out for a few more weeks, fend off a few of those teams, and you get yourself to the playoffs. And I thought you made a really good point yesterday, Ryan. Like when we get to the off season, we will be able to see the forest from the trees for what yeah. this season was. Right? This is a great. You're, you're right next to that tree right now, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. But like that's for the off season, yeah. right? Like this is a very successful season. They have done what a lot of us asked, but right now we are in this moment. They are trying to get in the playoffs. There is no participation trophy right now. Right now is about doing what you need to do mm-hmm. to get into the playoffs. And yeah, and totally. what we do is talk about every game for what it is right. after every game. Right. Now, yes, we'll put it in perspective and say this could be a playoff team. They're exceeding expectations. Currently, what we're looking at is a bad stretch of baseball against some bad teams at a bad time. Yeah. All of it's not good. So, yeah, and I think now, like- now this may be the perfect time for an off day. It may be the absolute perfect yeah, time absolutely. for an off day. Yeah, too. I mean, they played yeah. a lot of games in a row. Like, you need the off day. I think yeah. Calypso's well, Chaos has a nice, like, comment in the chat here. I'm not a fan of the sky is falling mentality, but you also can't just blow this off. Yeah, right. That's I agree. what we're doing, yeah. 100%. We're, I, no, I think, that's, I think that's exactly what we're doing. And we're I not, think not blowing it off. Like, yeah, no, I think we're doing that yeah, mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's the right thing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think you should 
be freaking out because they're currently in the playoffs. If things ended tomorrow, we have playoff games to do pregame shows for and (laughs) scout and all that other stuff. But you can't you can't just blow this off again because they played so sloppily and it was so self-inflicted. That is the type of thing you cannot just blow it off. That Diamondback series, a little bit, right? Very frustrating, and you and you need to find ways to beat good pitchers. But hey, that happens. But when you roll it over into a, a horrible Rockies team, you don't do any damage against bad starting pitchers, and it's just a sloppy mess. Like. You know, I don't think we're being uh, irrationally emotional. That's really generally not even in my DNA, irrationally emotional. We're describing what happened today. Was it bad baseball? Yes. Was yesterday bad baseball? Yes. The players would tell you that. The broadcasters told you that. Rick Sutcliffe, Sutcliffe, (laughs) who can be, you know, love him, a a, a homer at times. Like he'll, he'll really pump the pump the tires on some people and really blow them up a little bit. But he what did he say? Since he's been working in marquee, this might be the worst series he's seen the Cubs play. And it's because of the way they lost and who they lost to and when they lost to him. And all of those things are true. It was a a bad, bad series. Yes, flush it. Absolutely flush it, leave Denver, and leave it there in Denver. You have to. Yeah, and this team has been good at that. Like, like we have, they have been, like I said, we have seen them been able to even like again a game by game basis. They take a bad loss and they come back and and uh, you know are able to pretty quickly turn things around. Yeah, that that's where they're at in the season. It's like no, no um, feeling bad for yourself. No focusing on like what you know. This game happened, right? Like know what you need to do better, but get over it. Take the day off if you know whatever you need to do on that day off to kind of recharge yourself and get ready for Arizona because that's that's one of the biggest series you got left on the calendar right now considering they're they're right behind you in the wild card standings like that's that's a team that's a place that's a it's a series where you got to take care of business now coming off this one so yeah I'm I'm totally yeah. with you it's like this team has been good at flushing it. Right. Do it again. And I think Get to Arizona with a clear mind and a good focus. I think it was Sean in the YouTube chat that pointed out an important note. Like, you're not going to get Merrill Kelly this weekend. You're not going to get Zach Galen this weekend. So two guys that really shut you down uh, at Wrigley over the weekend, you're not going to face them. So, like, no excuses, right? Like, you have you have an opportunity. The, the schedule has favored you a little bit, right, that you're not going to have to face those guys and try to figure out how to beat them again yeah. you've got to take advantage of that like that 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 and your pitching lines up the other way yeah the yeah. diamondbacks There's are going to get you your best want. pitchers yeah. so it that's this is all lined up for you. You, you yeah as joe madden always used to say find that big trash can throw this one in there and you've got to find a way to play better baseball this weekend find the last two series and find that trash can and dump them Hey, are you guys in for in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you. Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake has just joined the CHGO team. And at Ray CDJR, you're always able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. Right now, during Jeep Adventure Days at Ray CDJR in Fox Lake, you'll be able to take up to 15% off MSRP on all new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. But that's not all. Now through September 30th, Explore their newly renovated showroom and showroom and take advantage of breathtaking deals as they celebrate their grand reopening. 
So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they are the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com today, serving the community since 1963. Let me tell you, if you're going to buy a car, there's no better way to go buy a car than to walk in smelling like bacon. Huh? Anywhere you go, you smell like bacon, people are going to like you. Charlie the Bacon Guy is based out of Woodridge, Illinois. He makes craft bacon and bacon jams. I tried one last week on a chicken wrap I made at home. Bacon jam? Wow. Did it kick it up a notch. Boom. It went, oh from, a, it went from a 5 chicken wrap to a 9.5 chicken wrap. I like the Emerald reference there. Boom. <laughs> right there. Uh, it was also Matt Nagety. Boom. Sorry, I don't want to bring him up anymore. In over 30 different flavors, the product is always nitrite and nitrate free. Order lots of bacon. It's vacuum sealed. Freeze is great. Bacon lasts in the package up to 45 days in the fridge, six months in the freezer. The bacon jam lasts about 60 days in the fridge, 20 seconds in my house, up to six months in the freezer. Some of the favorite flavors, maple pepper, French toast. I got to get the French toast one. I haven't tried that yet. Chorizo, Jardinera, the bacon jam goes perfectly on anything. And scrambled eggs, toast, crackers, burgers, grilled cheese. Oh, you want to turn it up a notch on your grilled cheese? Throw a little bacon jam on that baby. Charlie's favorite, the spoon, straight on the spoon. He'll deliver it to you, meet you halfway, or ship it. He will get you the bacon on time. Charlie the Bacon Guy, you can find him on Instagram, social media. Mm. I love Niren's comment. Who's the sales rep that locked down the bacon sponsor? That's a good question. Exactly. I don't know, sure, but it's but a I'm, tough gig. I'm, Somebody's got to do it. Did. I think the Blackhawks guys are the ones that got it because they're friends with uh, Charlie the Bacon Guy. Oh, I yeah. see. There we go. There we go. Well, it is, it is good stuff. I want to answer Justin's question in the chat. My go-to snack, uh, Sour Patch Kids. Nice. Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Nice. I'm a sour oh, candy guy. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Pizza rolls in my freezer that sure. I, I like to snack on. Sure. Pop like six in the microwave or something. Listen, they're not, they're not a sponsor, but the Do Right Donut I had today, the Valrona. <laughs> wow. Blow your mind. Th- th- and I mean, the game Blow looked good mind. at that moment. Well, the vibes were good. The Cubs scored three runs after I had the Rally Do Right Donut. Right. Sure. We're going to have to go back to the Rice Krispie Treats. All right. Let's try and be a little bit positive, okay? Uh, it was a tough no. series. It wasn't easy <laughs> to swallow. Well, just for maybe like 30 seconds. Uh, Sean wants to know we're going to have a bacon social. Mm, that's possible. How about Nico Horner getting yeah. his 40th stolen base today? 40th? I mean, I knew they were going to run more because of the rules that about throwing over to first base. And the bases are bigger. You know, you got the pizza box bases now. So it was, it was likely that there was going to be more running. But even last year, we started to see the Cubs starting to run a little bit more but last year i kind of chalked it up to this team doesn't have nearly enough offense the only way they can do it is by trying to do some small things to stretch and get runs across now that still may be true but nico's percentage uh, you looked it up today Corey. it's it's not only has he stolen 40 bases he's been very successful at doing it yeah, i think he was near 84 percent success rate yeah yeah he's just so been great the graphic right 40 the, uh, stolen bases in the last 40, 40 seasons. Last 40 seasons, he's the sixth. So that's since 1984. Um, 
Juan Pierre obviously stole a million, felt like in 2006. Eric Young Sr., Ryan Sandberg, Davey Lopes, and Bob Dernier in 84. Wow. Um, I mean, you want to go back to after 1907, um, Ivan DeJesus, Kiki Kyler? Kiki Kyler, that's correct. And George uh, Grantham? Grant, you know, these are 1920s know. guys, right? Since 1907, he is like the, he is the 10th guy to steal at least 40 bases in a season. I mean, Rhino stealing 54 and 85. I, Bob Denier, I remember in 84, thinking like, wow, what a great leadoff guy. And that's when guys stole bases even more so than they do now, right? Yeah. Uh, EY but was a great base dealer, is, and yeah. so was Juan Peter. I mean, Anytime yeah. you get in a Jay-Z song. Yeah. yeah, well, 1907 and prior, there was like 40 guys that were stealing at least 40 bases. Yeah, since 1908 to today. That's a long that's, gap. He's one of 10 guys to be able to do it in a season. Has only been done by a cub 11 times or yeah 10 times now there you go he's one of nine guys i think and has only been done 10 times so that's yeah probably a little bit of a product of the bases and the rule changes and all that stuff but i mean that well, yeah this is your guy that's a, that's one of your biggest base threats now and that's that's huge for him and i think it just speaks to you know watching a player that provides value in so many ways right like he's only at a 103 WRC plus, so he's you know he's he's on a real heater. He looks really good at the plate. Like the the plate appearances he took today, he just looks locked in. But uh, you know, in terms of like the run creation, he's only a slightly above league average hitter. But that's where he needs to be because you also saw the graphic during the broadcast on Marquee that he's uh, you know the best defensive second baseman in the league. He's one of the leaders in baseball in outs above average. I, I think it was only behind Dansby Swanson. And if you're looking at wins above replacement, he's 20th in all of baseball at 4.4. And the full value of stealing bases, playing elite defense, and being an above league average hitter puts him in a category with guys like Juan Soto and Austin Riley, which if you're looking at some of the, you know, standard stats right from an offensive perspective you might not think yeah. that he's bringing that same value but he does it in all facets of the game he continues to grow into just a, a really incredible player and the fact that they're able to put him at second while Dansby's making those throws from shallow left field it, it's it's going to be a very successful model for this team for years to come with those two playing up the middle I saw somebody in the chat say oh who cares if he stole 40 bases I don't know if they're joking or not uh, he's been thrown out like three times in the series. Him. Now, yes, he had four hits today. He had four hits and he stole a base. I, I don't. I don't want to zoom out too much or zoom in too much. But that one game was good, and there's you can't question that Nico Horner has made this team better this season. A by being willing to move over to second base. B by playing great second base, and C he's played good fundamental baseball. Corey just told you it's over 80% that he's safe. Now, if you're going to steal 40 bases and get there that many times, then it's worth stealing bases. If he was getting thrown out every other time, I understand that. Now, in defense of whoever said that, I didn't catch the name real quick. Has he had perfect base running lately? No. No, he hasn't. But, uh, frankly, nobody on the team has. Yeah. Well, yeah, and in a, with a team that we know or we knew coming in was going to you know, be – was going to lack slugging, and, and I mean, they didn't hit a home run this series. Am I wrong? No home runs in cores this series, right? Who? The Cubs? No, Saya did. Did Saya hit one? Yes, okay, so yeah. okay, so, so not, okay, not many. Definitely not as Last many as night. the Rockies. 
Anne Morell. You're right. You're right. You're right. Ed Morrell. I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I, I'm not credit really to, thinking. Credit but, to you for the integrity. But I'm, but I'm <laughs> not thinking straight. But what I'm trying to say is we just overall, like we knew this team wasn't going to be full of sluggers, right? We knew this team was going to have to – was going to have stretches where they have to manufacture runs and we're going to have to put the pressure on the defense. Like Nico's been doing that all season. You see it with the 40 stolen bases, but that's also uh, the first to thirds, the turning singles into hustle doubles, like that kind of stuff. You see Nico doing it. Um, like almost every day and does it always work out no but like when you have when you need that when you need to push the envelope when you need the guys to be aggressive then you have Nico doing it and like he's he's been like the he's been the face of like this aggressive base running I don't know movement is not the right word whatever but like he's been doing it for them all trend, season maybe. yeah the trend like he's he's pushing the envelope and you see it and more often than not, it's helping this team. It's putting pressure on the defense. That impacts the game for sure. And, you know, if he gets thrown out stealing a base but steals the next five, like you're going to live with that because he's constantly thinking aggressively but thinking smart too. Yeah. And I think that's that's another that good combination, good set of, of attributes for Nico Horn as a base runner. Trevor yeah, basically absolutely. saying, hey, the, the name of your show today, the title is Sloppy, right? <laughs> and, and I don't – Believe me, I'm not disagreeing with that. We spent the first 30 minutes talking about this was maybe their sloppiest series in two years that I can think of. Even when they had guys that weren't necessarily major league players, this racks up there, ranks up there as one of the more sloppy series that they have played. Now, yeah. Nico getting thrown out in the first inning, I don't know if that's a huge part of it, but there were plenty of base running errors, plenty of fielding errors, uh, errors the mis at, at the plate. Maybe errors and taking guys out too late. Maybe putting the wrong guy. Like, yeah. Blunt, this was, this wasn't one guy costing, losing two out of three to the worst team in the no, National these League. These team losses. This, this was a team yeah. effort in blah in Colorado, and yeah. so hopefully when, the I mean, day we didn't off even helps. Talk about Tyone. No, you know? I mean, Tyone. I, I was starting to think he was going to venture into. I guess we'll get to him in a sec, but I thought he was going to start. He was starting to push towards having a good game, and mm -hmm. then the third time around came, and that was the end of that. Yeah, and and an error from Hap, which he didn't recover from. Yeah. But just quickly about base running. Nico is a good fundamental baseball player. I, I'll stand by that. Now, has he made some mistakes in the last few days? Maybe, but the whole team did. Every, like, right, that's what I'm saying. Like Everybody like on the a, team did. Consummate example of a good fundamental baseball player. Really good. Good base running instincts, just like, I mean, Javi used to have incredible base running instincts, right? But one of the guys we saw, was this the Chris Bryant revenge series? Chris Bryant had a nice series. And one of the most yeah. underrated, in my eyes, one of the most underrated things about Chris Bryant wasn't, you know, there was plenty of talk about his versatility. He could play different base. There was plenty of talk about his hitting and his power and all the things that made him rookie of the year and league MVP. Chris Bryant was a really good base runner for a while there where he had great instincts on the base paths. So, again, it may seem like a little thing, base running, but if you think back to the 2016 Cubs and all the things they did right to finally get past that hump and win the World Series, base running was on that list. Yep. And so I'm not saying this team has the ability to win the World Series this year, but if they want to get to the postseason, they've got to clean up the simple things because – they're just not – the lineup and the roster are just not quite talented enough to get past some of those things. And, frankly, 
most teams aren't. They're very rarely are you going to get a team like the Braves might have enough talent to make a few mental mistakes in a game, and then Acuna comes up and changes everything. This Cubs roster isn't built that way, so they've got to play cleaner baseball than what they are playing right now. Uh, yeah, Chris Bryant, <laughs> he had a series. Yeah, he had a pretty yeah, good he had series. A series. Was he is he a new Cubs killer? Like is that? Is that uh, is I can't call him a Cubs killer, Not but yet. that was. <laughs> it was probably one of his better series of the season. I think it's his best series as a Rocky, probably. Yeah, could yeah. Be. He hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You mentioned Tyone. Like, I, like, going through that fifth inning, like. Were they too late? Yeah, that's, that's my question. Yeah. Was it too late? And I, I'm looking at it. You absolutely had to have someone warming up when that first home run was hit, right? Yeah. He just came out. That fourth inning was he was kind of lucky to get out with one run. Like there was a couple hard hit balls in there, some singles. I think he had a walk in there too that they got one on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, going into that fifth, and and I get it. Like he had just come off a really good start, and they. Like, I, th- I think Ross that start against Arizona. I think Ross took Tyone out at the right time. Absolutely, I think the way he managed the bullpen in that moment was right. It just didn't work out. Right, um, but I think he managed the bullpen in that moment. Right, going into this one, I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't have taken him out going into the fifth inning, and I don't know when Ross had Wisniewski. I don't think, I don't know if they showed mm-hmm. it or said it when they had Wisniewski rolling up or um, getting warm. Um, maybe you have him stretching out, just kind of getting loose, getting the body, getting the blood flowing a little bit when that inning starts. Coming off like a, a tougher inning for Tyone, knowing that. The third time, you know, the, the, yeah, the, the top of the order is coming up. It's about to be the third time through. Maybe you just have him getting loose, right? That way, when that home run's hit, you're like, okay, like, like, hopefully yeah. at that point he's already starting to throw pitches, or if he's not, he's right there. And then you have that mound, mound, the mound visit with with Amaya to give more time, and like that may be enough, right? I, again, I don't know exactly when Hayden got up and started. Well, and Hayden up. came up and gave a, a, up a dinner yeah, but, anyway, you know. But like so. at that point, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So like it wasn't even the best option either. Um, but like I, yeah, I don't know if I think I don't know if he left him in too long. I just don't know if like when when the bullpen started getting going and if that yeah um, caused it to end up he needed to. I think that to pitch that whole inning. My a potential gripe that I have with Ross, and again, you know, we don't always see when the guys start to get loose mm-hmm. and what the timing is and stuff like that. I think we've talked about it plenty, right? The The bullpen is a, a bit of a mess at the yeah. moment, right? You, you've got guys hurt. You've got guys completely running out of gas. Their effectiveness has completely waned. The, the decision not to add to this bullpen, which you and I talked about, like selling out for it, mm-hmm. probably not a good idea, but the, you, you kind of could see that this would be a problem and you didn't address it, right? So now you're paying for yeah. that. One way or the other, you are paying for not supplementing this bullpen. But I think the, the potential issue I have with Ross today is similar to what we saw with Quas on Monday. There are certain guys where he needs to be ahead of the curve knowing it might go off the rails do you need to have someone up for justin Steele in the fifth inning if and this never happens because justin Steele rules but if <laughs> if he starts 
uh, if a start for him starts to go off the rails or his command goes, I'm not going to blame David Ross for that because it's Justin Steele. Yeah. He's going to win the Cy Young. You do not need to be prepared for that. Sometimes it's just going to happen. You're going to get caught flat-footed. Tyone has repeatedly run out of effectiveness mm-hmm. and had starts go off the rails. Quas lost command, wasn't throwing his breaking ball. So if there's one thing I would say about Ross is that sometimes he needs to be ahead of those things because it's not yeah. like it is a shock that that, is, that, that happened, that Tyone, the effectiveness yeah. was gone, the command was gone, they're starting to barrel up the ball. So, uh, again, it's early. You don't want to go to your bullpen, and Hayden came in and didn't pitch he well anyway. But there's certain pitchers where it's like, look, if you get caught without somebody warming up, fine. Yeah. Why would you expect to need that? Tyone is not one of those yeah. guys. Quas is well, not one of those guys. Like you, too. you need to be ready for that. Even if it's just a guy playing long toss or whatever in the bullpen, you can't get flat caught flat-footed yeah. with Tyone. And yeah, for well, Tyone, and that- he's relying on that cutter more. I did talk to Dr. Brendan Miller. He's relying on that cutter more than he uh-huh. has been throwing the sweeper. So it's he's not leaning on that fastball as mm-hmm. much. But you saw it at the end. He was doing better earlier in this start the command looked pretty good honestly he was making some really nice pitches but then as that start went on and we got to that fourth and fifth inning it was a lot of what we've seen before Mm -hmm. batting practice balls right down the middle of the plate he's lucky to get away with and you can't keep doing that and I know this has happened before I don't remember the start if you remember in the chat drop it in there Uh, but it had happened to Tyone before I think it was Patrick Wisdom that didn't make a play and Tyone ended up giving up more runs, even though he should have been out of the inning. Yeah. Hap should have caught that ball, yes. right? Of course he should have. But Tyone, yeah. is a, he's been in this league a long time. He's getting paid a lot of money. You have got to be able to brush that off. And at the very least, it, it seems like what happens in those couple instances, the defense lets him down, and he responds by throwing a fastball down the middle of the plate. Yeah. Like yeah. you have Don't got, give up the home run. If you, if you give up the single, everybody can breathe. You have got to be able to come back and pick up your your players like I'm not I'm not letting Ian Hamp off the hook we started the show by talking about how sloppy this team was dropping balls bad defense all that other stuff I'm not letting Ian Hamp off the hook at all for dropping that ball but occasionally this defense has picked up these starting pitchers probably more than almost any team in the league this is a really good defense Dansby Swanson is eating so many hits and turning them the, into the outs. Cody Bones right? or, uh, the Swanson, the Cody Bones, or the coming off to grab and running 100%. Back and, like, great, it's an great, incredible great play. mental play. IQ play. Occasionally, as a pitcher, you get paid a lot of money. You have got to be able to wear that, take it, settle down, and yeah. make a pitch. And what well, Tyone has done is the opposite. He comes back out, and it's a fastball or a breaking yeah. ball right over that middle square you see on game day every time right just pumping it in there yeah. what and you're I, talking I about is a mental mistake we we the physical mistake is hap for sure right? drops the ball the mental mistake is tyone then putting it right over the heart of the plate well, that's not minutes me- later. I, I think that's more physical as well i, I just think he doesn't have the, a, combo, yeah. a, bo- a combo both the, I, I, it's yeah. the command has not yeah. been consistently this whole the whole season for him and then when i talk about the fifth inning like i like i said i don't know 
Like, Wesneski, for all we knew, could have been just starting to get warm at the beginning of the inning. We don't know that. We don't they didn't really tell us when he started getting up until it was like, oh, he's in the bullpen, like, throwing pitches, yeah. right? I'm just saying, like, the way I guess that fifth inning should have gone is having Wesneski up because, like, that, that you get that home run, right, that game-tying home run. And, you know, either Wesneski's probably still warming up at that point. He gets the he gets the pop out for the second out, right? There's no one on base. And, you know, that's like a one is like, do we give Tyone one more batter or do we just bring the bullpen in right away? Because there's two outs. There's no one on base. He was able to come back from that home run and get a pop out. Um, and then the next guy, what was it? It was a a single or something, right? Am I wrong with that? It was, oh, it was a, a the, it was the error by half. Right. You're right. So after that one, that's, you have at that point you have Wisniewski either warm or he's like close to warm. You do that Miguel Amaya um, mound visit or you know you have a mound visit yourself if you have to send Tommy Hadvi out there, um, and then you can make your decision on do we give him the next batter after the air or do we um, bring in some out of the bullpen. Not saying Hayden Wisniewski would not have given up the home run on the next batter, but then at least you have a guy that's warm. And you can make that decision again. Like it, that could have been exactly what happened, just because we don't know where Wesneski started to warm up. Yeah. But like when I just kind of replay it, I'm like, I hope that's how David Ross had seen it too, because of the way that inning kind of played out. Like that's when I look at it, batter by batter. Like I'm, I'm hoping that timeline is was what happened because, you know, yeah, when you when you're caught flat-footed and you need to rush a guy, it's not the best scenario either. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you just look at, like, I'm, I'm on Baseball Savant looking at kind of the pitch graph of Tyone, and it's, there's just too much that's over the center of the plate, you know, that's just right in that hitter zone. And, you know, comparatively, like, you look at Drew Smiley, who has been good as a reliever, uh, and I, I forget what he did today. He did give up a run. He gave up a homer today. But th- some of those are just good pieces of hitting. You look at where he was throwing the ball. It's mostly on the edges. Right, You look at Tyone, and it is a lot that is center cut over the plate. And that's sort of why I say, like, you got to kind of be ready for this. You know what I mean? Like, he's – we've – Brendan has talked about this a lot. Like, he is trying to fix things in season that he's not going to fix. They're not right. going to get totally fixed right now when he's pitching every fifth day and you just don't have the time to make such major mechanical changes. But they're trying, right? He's leaning on this cutter more. He's changing the cutter like he, he's trying to utilize a different pitch and get better results than he has been with his fastball. But you're seeing it like every start is just kind of a, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I think you need you, you, you needed to be a little more prepared for that than you were today. But again, like it, it's just imperfect. The options aren't great. Like the guys you're going to bring out of this bullpen and, you know, I think Collada was saying it, like when some of these starters are only going five, six innings, like that's a few innings that this bullpen has to handle. And at this point, like somebody's going to screw up. Out. You don't have yep. a lockdown bullpen that you can just ask to pitch three innings at a time every night. You just don't have that. So it's it's a tough spot for this pitching staff. Sarah, do we have any super chats? I've been trying to keep track of the uh, yes. chat a little bit. Was there any super chats? We only chats? have one. Oh, Fernando, Fernando with a dollar ninety nine earlier hap twenty twenty three version of Hayward, except he can catch. That's no, yeah, it's tough. That's I tough. love you, Fernando, but yeah, Fernando, you're great. We love. We, we would have killed for chats. Jason Hayward to. Have, I think Haps had probably a one twelve <laughs> WRC plus. We would have killed for that. I mean, that's like sixty points higher. 
Look, and I saw it from uh, our good friend Gary in the chat too. I criticize Ian Happ a lot. I don't know where the idea that we don't want to criticize Ian Happ comes from. I, I really genuinely don't. But I it's, it's one of those things on where, like, I, I got no problem giving day, guys a day off. I, I, I was one of the people when I talked with Brendan last, and I think with you guys as well, like, I do not like the we're going to play the guys that got us here thing. Like, I, I don't like that as a general concept because some of these guys have been ice cold, right? Yep. But the problem is, like, who, who's playing every day? Who's, mm-hmm. Who are you putting in left field every day? that you're more confident is going to play better. I got no problem giving him a day off, but like he was two, he had two hits today. Yeah. He had a couple you know? bad and, plays and in the outfield, right? But. To, to Ross's credit, they moved him down to the six hole when he's starting against a lefty as a right-handed hitter, which was the main thing that I was screaming Not about. Not his fault that he was batting third. He doesn't make the lineup. he is a below league average hitter as a right-handed hitter. So he should not be doing that. And he did that. So I don't, I don't know. Like there's a lot of guys that are, are, trying to come out of slumps Dansby Swanson is on a bit of a heater yeah. right Brendan kind of manifested that and he's he looks a lot better at the plate he's looking really nice but Talkman had cooled off a lot he still gives you a professional plate appearance he sees a lot of pitches you trust him to kind of be in the moment and and see those pitches take a walk if he can he lined out yesterday like you know but it was a good plate appearance but in terms of his numbers over the last month or so they're bad like mm-hmm. they're just bad Ian Happ's been struggling. Like, there's a lot of guys on this team where it's like, I don't know who you would be playing out there. I I, I would love to see Canario at least get an opportunity. I think not letting him get a single at bat in Colorado or Cincinnati, right? He had the one pinch hit appearance against the Giants. (laughs) Unless there's something we don't know about him, right, that – they're 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 just trying to get him up at the big leagues and they're resting his ankle or something but like there was an opportunity today you needed somebody to run into the ball right that seems like an opportunity for canario but they're not doing it i don't have the answer for it but like but i was not, okay with jan gomes being the guy they're no they're totally. the, the, I was. the long and short of it yeah gomes is one of their best clutch hitters yeah. but like all told is Ian Happ the player that he was last year? Is Ian Happ the player that you need him to be as a guy that they're leaning on to be the three-hitter that they extended, et cetera? Not really, but when you're in the middle of a playoff race, you're not going to sit a guy that has a 113 WRC+. plus. You're just yeah. not. All right, no. Corey, cheer me up and chill me out with some information about our friends at Sunnyside. That I can do, Luke. Uh, Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary, you guys know it. My favorite sponsor of ours is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football season, no matter where you are in your cannabis journey. Easy online ordering and in-store pickup, a great transparent loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards, and it is Illinois' favorite dispensary. Of course, I visit the Wrigleyville location on Clark Street. It is just steps from beautiful, historic Wrigley Field. And as I always say, uh, whether you're new to your cannabis jersey, journey, jersey, uh, <laughs> whether you are a, uh, you know, veteran of your cannabis jersey, I can't speak to journey. Hey, journey. They do sell. Journey. Uh, they probably do sell some of those hemp shirts. Maybe. 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 Uh, I I, that's. I actually have no idea if they do or don't. Staff <laughs> at Sunnyside can answer any question for you. 
They can help direct you to the right products, to the right effects, to the right uh, brands for whatever kind of questions you have. It's a beautiful facility. You order online. It is ready in seconds for you to go in and pick up. It is a great, great place to shop. And through October 15th, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order, one use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. That's not only for new customers, anyone can use our code. You shop the Sunnyside House of Brands like Mindy's, the best tasting gummy and chocolate edibles created by James Beard award-winning chef Mindy Seagal and Cresco Labs. And Cresco Labs, reliably excellent cannabis, consistent quality, experience, and availability of flour, vapes, concentrates, and pre-rolls. Visit Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensaries to pick up everything you need to elevate your football season. Must be 21 or older or a Illinois, Illinois med card holder. Yeesh. Hey, there you go. sign Got up it. to be a diehard. We love you, and there's reason to do it. First of all, you get all of our podcasts and live shows, every team, every day. You get the post-game shows. You get Ryan's premium written content for the members at allchgo.com. 20% off all the time on our events, like our great tailgate that we just had, and we have several more coming up for the football season. Next one will be against the Denver Broncos October 1st. Uh, Dope merch for all the teams, 20% off all the time. You get a free shirt when you sign up to be a member, and you get the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge, Hangout. If you're miserable on an off day, maybe you want to just talk with some people or you're excited about the way things are going so far this season, uh, the Discord is the place to be. And, of course, um, you know, it's just it's just a good place to hang out, right? Mm-hmm. Meet some friends, have sure. a good time. Uh, and don't forget the Die Hard card, which is a lot of people have credit cards, but not everybody has a Die Hard card that they can just throw down on the countertop and say, look at me, I'm legit. That's how you, people know you're legit. You put down that diehard card. You're the real deal, baby. So Cubs get a much-needed day off. When they return to action, they will have Justin Steele on the mound. I'm not sure a Steele start or an off day could come at a better time. But those two things, back-to-back, that's what you need to get the mojo going against the Diamondbacks. Yes, yeah. I've seen some people say, go ahead and sweep the Diamondbacks. Hey, I'm all for it. And Steele's the guy to get it going, but... Um, somebody else is going to have to help them. They've got to play better baseball than they did against the Rockies. That's the bottom line. Yeah, for sure. And like you mentioned, it's like Steele is, and Ross has said this, like Steele is that win day guy. Like you're expecting him when you go out there, you're expecting to have a really good chance to win if he's on the mound. Since he came off the IL back in like June, 15 starts, only three of them have not been at least quality starts. He has been very good the entire season he's what one run in his last three starts at like combined 21 innings one run in the last three starts like he is the guy yeah if you you got an off day great but then you want to start off this series right you're putting Justin Steele on the mound you feel really good about that coming out of a bad series in Colorado like Justin Steele is your guy he's you know, consider I saw a ranking from MLB.com. He's like leading the prediction, I guess, for NL Cy Young. Like he's been that good for you. Yeah. You feel very confident with Justin Steele on the mound coming out of this series, coming out of an off day. You very you feel very confident that Justin Steele is gonna give you a very good chance to win and start that series in Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and you know, you look at I think it was uh Michael Michael Evans in the chat. 
this is something that we've been saying, man. Like, please <laughs> give Justin Steele some run support so that he is not trying to hold a one to nothing game for the entire game. He has just had some starts lately where, you know, you feel like he's pitching high leverage innings every time he's out there and he has to be perfect. You know what I mean? So a nice, like cushy lead for Justin Steele, let him kind of have a nice cushion, you know, not have to be perfect, right? Even though he will, cause he's Justin Steele, but like, please score some runs for him so that he's not sweating out a one to nothing game in the seventh inning again. Also, if you're looking for something to watch on uh, Wednesday evening, Blake Snell is pitching for the Padres. So if you would like to watch that game, you would be rooting for the Dodgers to put up some runs on Blake Snell because that would make Justin Steele's Cy Young case, which as you said in a recent poll, he's leading. That would make it a lot better because it would give him some distance as the ERA leader from Snell, which I think right now it's like... 0.03. I think Snell's at 2.52. I think Steele's 2.49. Yeah, right? yeah. So if you're looking for something to watch tonight to maybe make you feel a little bit better, have Blake Snell get a little roughed up. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the best way to start this series. Uh, pitch well and, and go from there. But please get Justin Steele some runs. Amen to that. Uh, super chat from Chris. I know we are in season still. And we have playoffs, but do you think Morrell can still learn third base in the offseason? He has the arm to do it. Uh, my quick response to that would be, I hope so. I think Morrell needs to approach this offseason defensively just like Nick Madrigal approached his defensive game in the offseason. He put a ton of work in on being at a third baseman, which we never thought, I personally never thought he could play third base. He's been pretty darn good at third base. Now, that said, if I had to talk about the long-term future of this team, Christopher Morrell, if he could learn to play third base like Nick Madrigal, would be a better fit at third base because you would like some power out of third base and those different things. Like, Ideally, Morrell learns how to play third base. If not, it's do you wonder if Candelario can come, would re-sign and come back? Now, right. His bat not being in here did not help this year. Like, that definitely didn't help. He had been or are you talking too. about? That's the thing. Or are you talking, talking about, about replacing? Or are you guys? talking about yeah. cranking Shaw through the minor leagues and seeing how yes. fast he can get I'm up into there? That. Who's <laughs> well, in for that one? I, I I do think they should try it because at some point you're going to want to find a position for him. I do agree with the chat. There's a lot of guys that are trade candidates, right? People are talking about Canario, maybe even Morel, maybe even Madrigal, right? Like they're going to have to move some things around because they sure. have areas of deficiency, and you can't solve all that through free agency. You can't play everybody, but Again, and I, like I'm just throwing this out there, I have eaten crow on Nick Madrigal playing well in the field, not even playing well, right? Being one of the better defenders at third base in the league. Good. I'm happy to eat crow on that. I was dead wrong on that. I'm sure I, in one of the off-season podcasts, you, I said that will not happen. He will not be able to play an average third base. I was dead wrong. But credit to you, right? But. The problem is I'm going to take a dig at him now. So. Last 30 games, he's got a 558 OPS. He's not alone in being cold in the last 30 games. And at this point, you're probably deferring to the fact that everybody else just hasn't been great defensively at third base. But if we're going to, you know, if people want to talk about Ian Happ and where he's been and things like that and other guys not hitting, Nick Madrigal is not hitting. And he has got to hit better than that, uh, defense or otherwise. 
I don't yeah. think that Madrigal or Wisdom would be your answer at third base next year. Now, no. it might be Morrell. It might be somebody else. But let's wait until the offseason finally gets here. And as for trading guys like Christopher Morrell or somebody else that Nick Madrigal, if you're trading guys that have an obvious flaw to you, they also have an obvious flaw. Right. But potential I, to other teams I, as well. But if you just start stacking together guys with flaws, then your return's not going to be as right. good. So for people sure. want good complete players too i did want to uh also just because i saw somebody ask like you know what did we think about pca's plate appearances and you know obviously my answer to that is this was these are his first mlb starts eight eight he's he's a rookie and he was striking out a lot at triple a i think if you're not in a playoff race and you're not able to bring him in in Colorado where you saw immediately the impact that he can have on a game with his defense, I I don't know that he's coming up if not to just get a little bit of MLB experience ahead of next year. So that's all to say he's a rookie. Like, these are his first few games. Like, I didn't really have a problem with any of his plate appearances. And I think, you know, some of the comments on on here and on Twitter, like, that he's overmatched or whatever. Like, what are we talking about? Eight plate appearances? You know what I think he was? I think he was a little amped up for his major league debut. That, that's which just my guess. Which and, is, and, and, you know, we talked about it when is, he came up. You're getting him in there for those immediately usable skills. He obviously has to adjust to major league pitching. Like, it's going to take a second. It's fine. I, I Personally, I don't love asking him to bunt so much. I do agree, Barb. Yeah. I, I'm not, I, I'd it's like to see him swing the bat. Um, not a good bunt yeah. in the game today, right? So mm-hmm. he, he should be better about that. But, I, I, you know, you're in Colorado. You're struggling to score runs. Some people might lean and say, well, that's why you're bunting, but not in Colorado. Swing the bat. Like, let the kid swing the bat. But, again, like, this, it, it's his first two starts. Like, you, you can't read anything into this, and you have to let him adjust to major league pitching. Quickly, who you got? Who did we have? Who did we have for who you got? I had Mr. PCA, and I, again, I would say he made like he made a nice catch uh, in the outfield. Nothing compared to yesterday. I didn't win with PCA I today. Don't know. It would probably have to be. Belly had an RBI in the first. Tyone certainly is not the pick for Cody. Hap certainly is not the pick for Brendan. Credit to Cody for trying. Dansby though. did have an RBI as well, so it's either Dansby or, or Belly. Bellinger is one for four with a yeah, run but- and an RBI. Dansby was one for five with an RBI. But it was a double, right? And he did make that bla- great play yeah. at first base. Ballinger also, yeah, he made that. He, he did make a great play at first IQ. base. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I would give it to nobody, but I, in this case, I would say maybe <laughs> Bellinger gets the nod just for that nice play at first base. Yeah. Uh, hey, Fine. Foco. We'll figure out fi- the standings. That's right. Point. We'll figure out the standings. We're about a month behind, <laughs> but I'm still winning. Uh, get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. It's baseball season. They've got Aloha shirts. Straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game. Now you're getting into hoodie season. Set decorations, proudly sponsored by our friends at FOCO. They've donated some great pieces for us. Check out FOCO.com. Click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Shady Rays, Ryan. Shady Rays, uh, my favorite thing. Struggling to get. Look, there they are. Yeah. After you get your stuff from FOCO. Go over to Shady Rays and uh, get you some shades. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. 
Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. I got them on right now. I can I can confirm that. Uh, durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures is what you get with Shady Rays. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new one. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off. Two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Very nice. Cubs lose to the Rockies 7-3. They now get a day off. Then they head to Arizona just like... Cody Del Mendo, who was 0-2 on the road in Colorado, but now he will be our boots on the ground in Arizona. <laughs> and Brendan. And oh, Brendan. Oh. On Saturday. They're Brendan both going to be, gonna there, on be there on Saturday. What a combination. What a combination. If, if they don't win on Saturday, we Listen, know who to blame. I, I, I will say, uh, and big of me to do this, credit to both of them, mostly to my friend Brendan, because he had has family in Arizona, so he's been going to Chase Field a long time. If you have been watching the Cubs for around the same span of Brendan and I's life, we're both around, you know, 30, uh, doesn't go well there. And uh, I was there in 2007 for both of those, uh, or for the the playoff game there. Ted Lilly. Uh, Right, yeah. Yeah. I I was there for that. Um, Ted Lilly, Lupinella taking Carlos Zambrano to save him for the rest of the series. So big of Brendan, credit to him and Cody for going to a tough place to play that has some bad memories after the series we just watched because that is what you do to get it done in a playoff race. You have to, you know, the gut check kind of moment. It's scary and you're a little worried about it, but Sometimes you got to face it. your fears. Face your fears. Face your fears. We hope to do that on Friday. Yes, Barb, we will be live after the game for a full hour. No matter how late that is, if it's 12 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, we'll be live. If it's 11.45 at night, we will be live. But, Barb, we will be live, and we will be there for either a therapy session or a party. Take your pick. Uh, Until then, thanks for dropping in to check out the CHGO Cubs podcast. Cubs lose 7-3 to the Rockies. Day off tomorrow. It can only get better. And until then, fly the W. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. 
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.